Hi, I'm Christian. Hi, I'm Jim. Hi, I'm Dan. And this is the Football Musketeers. So football might not be back, but one thing that is, is the Football Musketeers. Me, Dan and Jim are all reunited and ready to get stuck in. So let's get into it. So welcome back everyone. Um, get straight back into it. We've not got much football news, but obviously there has been a footballer in the news. Uh, Mr. Jack Grealish uh, tweeting out a video for everyone to stay inside and then probably going to a house party. Um, so probably not the smartest move, but what do we both, what do we think about it? Do we think, um, obviously it was the wrong thing to do, but is it because the media have got nothing to report on or, you know, is it, is it as bad as people are making it the same? I think for me, it's, it's, the media have got plenty to report on. And this is an unwelcome distraction. There's, there's reasons to find other things to report on to provide positivity and all the rest of it in the current climate. That's one thing that absolutely has no place in the media or needed any limelight in the sense that it was so badly wrong, it's unreal. You've got loads of people that haven't got a choice at the moment, you you know, there's there's different examples. People are like key workers are having to work. They're they're putting themselves at risk. Um, there's you know people that are in split families, for example, that are not able to see their loved ones or kids or whatever else. And then that I agree with the element that it's been magnified because it's a professional footballer. But is that not part of what comes with the job, what comes with the luxury lifestyle, what comes with the salary, what comes with waking up six days a week and playing football, doing something you absolutely love? You've been given the role as a club captain. You've got you've taken that responsibility on. And then, as you said, you've got the video that was a matter of hours before saying all the right things, doing all the right things listen to me, spreading the positivity and all the all the instructions to stay safe and all the rest of it. And then within a short space of time, you feel that you're in a position where you can get in your car, drive to your mate's house, go for a party, and then come back, whether he was driving or not, I don't know, crash your car and then go straight into You're not helping yourself. That's just idiotic behaviour. And I think the fallout from it I think there's a good chance he won't play for England because I think they will dine out on this for a hell of a long time. You look at the likes of where people have made mistakes in the past before, the likes of John Terry, who, they, you know, they all get the they all get the, the, the tag, don't they? And it's very difficult to shake that off as the as the naughty boy or the bad boy. It will follow this will follow him now for his career. And then I don't think Southgate will touch him. For two reasons. One, it, it's just not correct the way he's behaved in such a... This is a massive thing in our generation, what everything that's going on. And secondly, there's probably a, a big pool of players that it makes Southgate a bit easier to leave him out because he's got other options. He doesn't have to put himself in that position. Yeah, I, 
to be fair, a lot of the points you just touched on is what I was going to touch as well. I think Southgate, we know, doesn't like controversy surrounding the England team. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like it being taken away from the, you know, what goes on on the pitch. And Grealish has always been one of them players where that sort of is an element of his game. Yeah. Um, recently, that's not been the case. But like you say, you've got other options. You've got the likes of Madison knocking on the door. And, yeah, I can't see how it's going to be forgotten. I mean, there's talks already of United switching focus. I mean, a lot of that's probably media hyping it up. They're switching focus to not take Grealish anymore in the summer. They're going to be looking at Madison instead. Well, why would they risk it? Yeah, exactly. You, you're touching someone that you can do it on the pitch, but it's it's, it's a bit of... Like, always, I, I seem to bring him up quite a bit, but Balotelli sort of esque off the pitch you know he's a, he's a big character and he's hard to manage and Grealish can win you a game but he can also bring he can bring the club down in, in terms of you know reputation and the actions that you know this has brought to the front I, I, I just I don't know what he was thinking I mean he I saw on uh, one of the radio stations they were talking about it and they said oh his apology video it wasn't an apology video and if you listen to it back, I don't actually think he said sorry. So was he scripted? I haven't heard it. Yeah, I've yeah, thought that as well. It's, it's basically putting a statement out there because he's been caught. I think if he he would never have put that out there, and, and even like I think it might have been Darren Bent actually who said he shouldn't be. You know, it's a very uh, self indulgent apology. You know, oh, I shouldn't have done it. I should have listened to the advice. He said, but he never apologised to all of the NHS workers that he was putting at risk by going out. You know, it, it, I don't think people, and I'm, I, it's not just Jack, um, there's others that just, you know, you know, everyday people that are just not taking it seriously enough. The way you said there, you said he didn't listen to the advice given. He yeah. gave that advice out the exactly, afternoon. Yeah. That's what makes it even more. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you can't say that and two hours later go out and go around your mates because he's texture. It's, it sets, it's that, the whole point of being a footballer is you've got a platform and whether you like it or not, that platform is there to for others to look at you as a role model. And if you go out and do that sort of thing, it sort of justifies and justifies your behaviour in, in the way that others can then follow you. And I think that's quite, you know... It's, especially at the moment it's very dangerous for people to be doing that yeah I think it's a very delicate situation but I think my the summary of it for me complete idiot for what he's done lack of respect for all the people that like you said like you've listed that he's exposed or potentially exposed through behaving like that and then the bit that infuriates me even more I haven't heard it the apology if that's the case with the script the apology that that fuels my fire even more. Yeah, he is right. He, he didn't he didn't say sorry once in the video. Yes, yeah, it's ridiculous. But I do I think getting back to the talking point of the football part, um, I genuinely think it will it will have a huge impact on England and any potential big move. Yeah, I think the only the only thing that will save him in getting a move is the fact that Villa are very unlikely to be in the Premiership and he is such a talent that 
play, you know, it's results business. A team, a team will take a chance on him because he is that good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. The Balotelli point you made is is, another, is a prime example of that. Ravel Morrison, he's another one that comes to mind. People do take chances because they are, they are the potential. He's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic footballer. Yeah. But he's an idiot. <laughs> There's your thing, right? <laughs> so another another thing in the news uh, recently, which there's been a lot of talk about in the media, I think Simon Jordan come out on radio recently and made a very good point, was the fact that football clubs are using this government scheme to furlough their backroom staff. And there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of uproar about, well, you're putting your lowest paid workers on this scheme, which is set up to help the media. Realistically, it's to help set up, you know, the medium-sized businesses, not multi-million pound clubs that are paying premiership players £100,000 a week. So I think that the question is, is it, is it right that they're using this scheme, both, you know, mainly morally? Of course it is. Yeah. I think, I think Gary Lineker sent out a message, didn't he, this morning? He tweeted a video, or was it yesterday, around the uh, the focus on footballers and that they, they naturally get a lot of bad press anyway. I think one thing we have got to bear in mind, we they get advised on a hell of a lot of things they do. Is it been blown up in such a huge way because they haven't done it quick enough. Is that the problem? Because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what arrangements are being ha- made. They're all in contracts, etc., etc. Now, I've had various different recommendations from people that I've spoke to. So, you know, the Tottenham are a, a prime one. So there's a, there was a, there's, a, there's a stat that Chairman Daniel Levy who earned seven million last year, and billionaire owner Joe Lewis cut non-planned staff wages by twenty percent, and then asked for the government handout. But you can't, yeah. you can't expect like the likes of Harry Kane and everyone who's on two hundred grand a week to go on furlough because it only covers two and a half grand a month. But they can't go on furlough because they're on fixed-term contracts. Well, there we go. Then. So what? No, but they can take a pay cut. Look at their life. If you look at their lifestyle, so you've got someone who's earning 150 grand a week. Yeah. And they've been earning that for the last couple of years. You're, they're not going to be living in houses that we live in where you, you know, you only pay a couple of grand rent a month. They're living in like millions and millions of pounds worth of houses. Like they can't afford to take pay cuts because of the lifestyle they live. So, well, right, yeah, don't get me wrong. Some people, like some players, most players can afford to do it, and they're doing it, for, and they're not doing it for selfish reasons. But some yeah. players literally cannot afford to take this pay cut because yeah. of the lifestyle they've lived for the last however many years. So they've got all these people around them advising them. You yeah. shouldn't be getting yourself up into eyeballs of loads of stuff on tick. Why are you exposing yourself so much that you have to have that hundred and fifty grand every week? I completely, I completely agree with you. But it's the oh, way yeah. people live, isn't it? Like, the amount of footballers that drop out of football end up going back to normal jobs. Yeah, yeah. it's very easy to say. But what about the other other option? So they've got all their basic salaries and all the rest of it. And then if they have some sort of club agreement that the salary's dropped, 
or it's reduced to an X percent for a period of time. And that money is contributed in various ways. One being paying the non-playing staff because they're exposed a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Contributing yeah. towards the NHS and the the mass need that's with us at the moment. Contribute towards that in some sort of setup. But the separate part, which I think is is never really mentioned, they're talking about take, cutting their wages. All these players and all these big boys get ridiculous endorsements, ridiculous sponsorship and all the rest of that. What about knocking all that sponsorship on the head and putting that into a funding pot to pay for all the non-playing staff and all the people that are really exposed to what's going on? Because that's additional top-up. Yeah, it's the yeah. same as the bonuses in the contract, like the playing bonuses as well. Obviously, they don't get them anymore. Why not, yeah, why not put them into a, like a pot? But there's there's people out there that earn more than footballers. But exactly. Contract, yeah, that was my next point. Like there's, you know, bankers and, I mean, I suppose we're going off football, but why, now this has happened, why don't the government put more money into the NHS? Yeah. But because it's footballers, do you know what I mean? And they earn... So much a week and everything, they're the ones that get tarnished. But there's people out there that earn more money than the way the way we're talking. Where we say we're going off the topic of football, in the in the in the climate that we're in, in the grand scheme of things, football is irrelevant. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. So it it spreads out to the wider world, and you know, football for all of us, the love that we've got for the game is is entertaining. (laughs) There's a there's a lot bigger things going on at the moment. But there are ways, and I'm sure there are things going on in the background that we don't know about. Oh, where definitely. they're trying to work, they're trying to work out some sort of deal, or where you know we've got certain things. There was other thing on the on the stat that I was uh, that I was looking at. So Tottenham have been annihilated, Newcastle have been annihilated, or is it not Newcastle, but it's Mike Ashley? Because yeah. one, he tried keeping Sports Direct running as it was and making money off the back of it, saying that they was a a key service to people wanting to keep up their fitness while they're isolated. Which is <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I need to go down there and get my slash into polo. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's really important, Mike. Well done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently they're going for the government bailout as well. They're the two that crop to mind. But there's, you know, there's some big clubs. Barcelona, players take 70% pay cut and make additional contributions to ensure the non-playing staff receive full wages. Juventus, players and manager agree to freeze their pay for four months. Munich and Dortmund, players have agreed a pay cut. Arsenal, they've donated 150k to local charities, offer facilities and transport to the NHS, will continue to pay non-playing staff full wages. There are examples of the right thing happening... <laughs> And where we don't know what's going on, you know, and then you've got all of the all the MPs and everyone's stating out footballers should be doing this, footballers should be doing that. There is a bigger picture here. It isn't just footballers, and I'm yeah, not by any means protecting them. I'm not. I'm not saying that whether it's right or wrong, but there is a there's a bigger picture here. There's a lot of very rich people. Completely agree. That are fairly quiet at the moment. Could not agree more. Going to the point of, um, you know, doing the right thing behind the scenes, I think the one thing that hasn't helped football teams and footballers in this sort of argument is that some have broken ranks in a sense and they've taken it upon themselves to go maybe against what 
is going on behind the scenes and going out to the media and say, oh, I'm taking a 20% cut. That that may have been coming across the board. We we don't know. But because these Eddie Howe's come out and he's taken a pay cut, because these figures have come out, it sort of does, it points the finger at everyone else saying, well, he's doing it. Why are you not doing it? So I think by not being cohesive in an approach, I think it sort of brought more limelight and spotlight to what is actually happening. Yep, completely agree. In a society where we're trying to make everyone be kind, we just need to ensure that we know the full story and not single people out on on rumours or a blame culture. We're always anything. Social media, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an awful place for that, isn't it? But try and use it for some, something positive. Agreed. And then is, is the, is the sponsorship thing? Is that something that can be done? Is it something that's already being done? You know, you, we don't get, yeah, a, we, don't, we don't get a weekly document saying what everyone's paid out or what charity work's been done by X player or Y throughout the rest of the year. We don't yeah. know what's happening now. Very true. It is true. Yeah, you only know a snippet of all the information at the moment. Well, it's the same with the same with the virus. Media wants to tell you as well. Do you know what I mean? There's probably players out there that have done it because they're not that high profile. Media don't, you know, they don't portray it. Yeah, showing that someone like I don't know, you know, like Glenn Murray or something decides to take a pay cut. But why do the media care for Glenn Murray? He's not. He's not a world beater, is he? He's not someone that everyone looked up to. Like loves a goal, though, doesn't he? Loves a goal. Does love a goal. Poacher. Yeah, it's a very delicate situation. Yeah, Speaking of delicate situations, obviously, there's at the time of recording, we don't know there is another meeting going on today between all of the football bodies about the situation in football and what they do. And there's obviously we've discussed it so many times now, but just curious to get your opinions on, uh, obviously the rumours are going ahead that if it does, football does come back, obviously it's going to be in a different sort of format in, in terms of playing behind closed doors. Um, what do you guys feel about the season returning and under them circumstances behind closed doors? I don't think it should happen. No, is it is the option to watch it virtually? I think so. That is one option they're looking at. Um, so one, I think there's a few. They're looking at playing either all of the games at a select few stadiums to avoid uh, the amount of travel needed. They're also looking at playing the games um, as normal, but I think that what they're looking at basically is a way to play all of the games as quickly as possible, safely as possible, but broadcast them to the public at home. I think that's their ideal. They want to get the season done, but they're aware that obviously fans still want to be connected. Obviously, it might not be possible for them to be at the stadium, but they want the option to then tune in at home, however that may be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they should do it personally. I think it might work for the Premier League. You've got 22 players on a football pitch. You've got the managers, the subs, the coaches, the broadcasting staff. There's too many people. Well, I don't get why you'd want to risk it for an entertainment factor. Why you'd want to say someone does have a mild symptom but they, of you know the, the virus and they don't even know. They could spread it onto someone. You just there's no point risking it. Just wait till it's all calmed down. Yeah, I miss football, but I don't miss it enough to put people in harm's way. 
Yeah. As well as I don't want Charlton to go down. <laughs> I think what they're looking at is they're not looking at... Like, I've had this argument with a few people on social media now and it's very news on should and shouldn't happen. I think no one's saying to rush it back as such, but I think there's sort of a consensus that when it does come back, it's going to have to change in terms of it might not come back 100% sort of thing. It might come back with a few things removed, whatever that is. What do you think, Jim? I'd love, I miss it. So I'd love the football to be back. And one of my mates said the other day, I will never underestimate the importance of Accrington versus Grimsby on a Sunday lunchtime <laughs> on telly again. I completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that right now. And one bigger point from our first episode, I'm even willing to watch the SPL. That is music wow. to my ears. Until, until there's other options. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, someone online said to me, and this is probably one of the best terms I've ever heard used in terms of a football. It was, if you go out and you start painting the fence and you break one of the panels and you come back indoors, when you go back out, do you forget about that broken panel or do you just carry on? And the, the, what he was arguing was, you forget about the season and leave it empty, or do you move on and do a new season? So I think, in terms of uh, putting it out there, he, I think a consensus amongst a lot of fans is they want to see the season finished, and they don't care how long it takes, which you know, I don't think is a bad thing. I would like to see the season finished. How many games? How many games left in the Premier League? Nine. Yes. And in the Championship, nine as well. I think. Why not? It's about the same. So why not make the EFL fifty-five game season next year, and then make this season and uh, make the Prem uh, forty-seven? Just carry it on. Just, go, oh, well, just keep. Just have like one. You just have like two seasons built into one. What do you do about the Champions League and stuff, though? Do you point. just miss a year out? Great point. I'd say I'd say play all nine of them games in July. Yeah, but what if it's not all cleared up by then? Oh yeah, whatever month it be. I would just get it all done yeah, and think... out of the way. Yeah. So then yeah. That's what to... someone said to me. They said. You what you what you do is you forget about anything else. When it's safe to play, you finish the season and you see where you are, and then you work everything out from there. He said everything else is all you know. It's all speculative. What you have to do is you finish these nine games, even if they're it's in February March time, and you look at it and you work back from you know from there and say, well, where can we fit everything else in from here? Which is quite a good argument, I think. I'd love to see it finished. But the the importance of what's happening needs to be dealt with first before any of that. And it absolutely has to be, like Dan said, there can be no risk of potentially lighting another fuse to rush football back in any way, shape or form. Nothing else matters. No. No, grand scheme of things, is it, it does highlight the fact that 
all of this is it does pile into into whatever the word is insignificance that's the one if, if i go back to your analogy if that's the right word where you got your missing fence panel yeah so you come back in and you, you miss your starts giving you a load of earache because you've done half a job yeah, yeah. So it starts spiraling out of control. So you have to go back out there and finish it. You know you know what's coming when you get back out there. You start carrying on with the rest of it and you leave that hole and you don't tidy up what the mess that's there. What about if next door I've got a dog? What and he comes through the fence? Yeah, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? So you just you're just prodding more fire, you're just opening more doors. And by that I mean you don't finish it off. You're always going to have this, someone's not been relegated or promoted or someone's not had a fair chance to get out of relegation or et cetera, et cetera, it goes on. I I think there's a, if there's a job there to be done, do it properly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, the dog that I was talking about would be pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> or a very big front panel. Yeah. There you go. Consensus from all three of us there, I think, which is quite rare. Get it done. When so to do so. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Let's get into the little head to head, shall we? Right, guys, we are all back together. So that means one thing it's Dan versus Jim. Jim is currently 3 2 up in the series. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be playing a game of higher and lower. Uh, so for this one, we've got Premier League goal scorers, and these stats uh, were taken from the Premier League.com. So if anyone wants to question them, that's where you go. Who wants to start us off? Jim, you're the leader, so I'll let you have the choice of what you want to do. I'll go first. Okay, so your first one you've got is Lukaku with 1-1, 113 goals. Has Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scored more or less? This is Premier League only. Premier League goals only. More. He has, yes. 127 goals. 127 goals. Has Robin Van Persie scored more or less? Is this me? No, this is Dan. Less. Incorrect. 144. <laughs> oh. So, 1-4. Jim, has Dwight York scored more or less? Less. Correct. 123. Dan, has Harry Kane scored more or less than 123 goals? More. Yeah, 136. Jim, has Didier Drogba scored more or less than 136 goals? It's going to be close. That's tough, that. Do you know what? I'm going to go more. It's less, 104. Oh. Come on. Not as much as I thought. I thought it was a lot more than that. So, Dylan, your next one. Has Mr. Peter Crouch scored more or less Premier League goals than Didier Drogba? More by a 
select few. Yep, yeah, 108. Four more goals. Oh, come on. Jim, has Ruud van Nistrooy scored more or less than 108 goals? More. Ah, uh, is it 99 he scored? 95. No. Yeah. I knew he did break into the Hunter Club. Dan, has Ryan Duke scored more or less than Ruud van Nistrooy? It's got to be more, surely. Played overs. Um... It's 109. 109, it is more. Yes. <laughs> Jim, you need this to stay in the tie. Has Darren Bent scored more or less than Ryan Giggs's 109? Less. Just, yes, 106. Oh. So that is three out of five. Darren, this to win it. Emil Heskey scored more or less Premier League goals than Mr. Darren Bent. What was Darren Bent's? 106. He's in the Andrew Club. Yes, he scored more. You going with more? Yeah. You are correct, and you five series. Kiara! Hundred and ten goals. That was tough. They were close. They were. I'm back. Well done, Dan. Thanks, mate. Good game, lad. That was very, very good. Three all in the series. Man. Virtual handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Virtual only. Thank you. Really happy for you. Appreciate it. I can tell by your voice, you know, the tone. <laughs> thank you. Well, that concludes another episode of the Football Musketeers. Just want to say thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, topics, just get in touch with us on social. Like, comment and share. Thank you very much.